0: one Colossians chapter one we need to keep praying for Caitlin she had surgery on Friday and she's here today good to see her here today but uh, she doesn't look like she's ready to run a race yet (laughs) Colossians chapter one we want to look at three truths that we need to just appreciate and love about uh, about us that the Lord has said Three realities that we need to be thankful for. We begin in verse 12. And uh, are you thankful today? Yes. Are you grateful today? How's Amber doing? You doing good? Good. We need to pray for her to keep keep getting better too. All right. A lot of a lot of things we need to pray about. Look at verse 12 through 14. Giving thanks unto the Father, which has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sin. Even the forgiveness of sin. we got so much to be thankful for. And we take it for granted so much. We... We we look for more from God, and it's good to look for more from God, but we have so much already from God if we're saved. He has given us so much, and we need to magnify and, and look at those great truths that the Bible teaches about our relationship with God now that we are saved. To be a, a, a Christian, where you need to be, there's two things that you need to practice. Two things you need to have as a markers that you need to check out and say hey let me see am i am i practicing these two things one and I hope I don't have to say it too often you need to love Jesus you say preacher what do you need to tell us we need to love Jesus because you can love the world and the things of the world we can love all that stuff we can we can even love the gifts that God gives us But we don't don't need to love the hand of God more than we love the face of God. And the face of God is the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to love Jesus. He died for us. He saved us. He raised from the grave for us. He went back to heaven. He's seated for us. It's all for us. That's the love of God. And it's the love of God that gives us the love for God. So love Jesus. And don't love God. Love Jesus. The Lord, Jesus. And then the second thing that's going to make a difference in your life, be be thankful, be grateful. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God for you. We need to be thankful. Say, preacher, this happened to me, it's bad. Be thankful, it could have been worse. Be thankful, it could have been longer. Be thankful, others have a lot more problems than you do. If you don't see it that way, you do have it bad today. Let's come up here and let's pray for you today. Be thankful. So Paul was successful in ministry, and he was successful in the Christian life, and I believe these two ingredients made a great difference because you just see it in everything he wrote. He loved the Lord Jesus, and he was thankful. Now, in his prayer here, we're seeing some things, three things that I want us to gather, not trivial, they're real, they're blessings from God and and, and their eternal blessings from the eternal God and we receive them when we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Verse 14, in whom we have redemption through His blood. Yes, even the forgiveness of sin. We have lined up in our music. We've got a, a, a few days we're just going to sing about the blood. Sing about the blood. Nothing but the blood. The blood, amen? Uh, Billy Graham was, I I just heard that this week. It's probably been told a thousand times. I never heard it before. Billy Graham was told he was up and coming evangelists back in whenever it was, and and he was told uh, by uh, this preacher, he said, you know, you're going to really be successful, but you just need to quit talking about that blood so much. Graham said, I'm going to talk more about it. Amen. You might get aggravated at him that he doesn't preach about some other issues that we think they're important, but he didn't fail to preach about Jesus and the blood. Uh, That's a recipe for success. Amen. We need to keep our focus on the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to keep our focus on what he has done for us and all the blessings that we have, and that'll make us a happier Christian. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, looking unto who? Jesus. Not looking unto Joe Biden. Not looking unto the preacher, not looking to the mayor or the our school board uh, uh, guy, but looking unto Jesus. Why? He's the author and the finisher of our faith. Who, for the joy that was set down before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is now is seated at the right hand of God the Father. We have a Savior, don't we? Now, why should we be thankful? Let me give you three reasons today that we. First of all, in the text, and the Bible says this. That's more important than anything I have to say, right? The Bible says this in verse 12, that he has made us worthy, worthy for heaven. Now, do you have a problem with feeling worthy? Uh, there's a problem that, that people have. Notice he said in verse 12, giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet, measured up, meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. Without Him, we're not worthy. Without Him, we are totally unworthy. Hey, He made us worthy when He saved us, when He washed our sins in His blood, and when He gave us His righteousness. He exchanged our sin to the cross and His righteousness to us. All of our righteousnesses are as what? Filthy rags. But the righteousness of Jesus Christ, that's it. That's the, the gold standard, amen? And he exchanged that with us. Now, in the Old Testament, Israel was given an inheritance, the promised land. No one could take that land away from them. They couldn't take it away from them. It was theirs. It was a gift from God. And so we have some inheritance in heaven that cannot be taken away. We have a piece of the rock, right? And Jesus is that rock, and in Him we live, and we we feast on Him, we live on Him, and someday He's coming back for us. When you got saved, you were made partakers with the saints. Look at verse 12. Given thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in life. Did you ever go to a place where they were uh, you know having a party and there was uh, there was a meal and it's a big thing and you kind of felt like you was out of place you felt like hey i'm not going to go up there and be the first one in line now, that's unlike some of our kids we have here they'll be the first one in line every time right them kids don't understand not being worthy do they praise god for that but when you go someplace and and you just feel like you're a stranger and you don't belong you you you, you don't feel like you're a partaker And you know, you may feel that way in your relationship with God and in your relationship to your church family. You need to kick that lie out. That's from the devil, man. That's a falsehood. That's a lie. You have been made worthy. And you say, well, what about my sins? Your sins are under the blood. Under the blood, and where did God put? As far as the east is from the west, He hath removed our sins from us. We need to quit magnifying our sinfulness, and we need to glorify His blood that was shed for our sins. When we got saved, we were made we were made partakers with the saints. Saint Moses, Saint Paul. Well, well, we got a new list of saints now. There's Saint Jerome. Yeah, he's an old one too. And then we've got Saint whoever you are. I could name every one of you that's saved. We're partakers with the saints. Jesus lifted us up. We need to be thankful for that. He's raised us up. We were in the grave. We were a lost cause. We were in darkness. But Jesus reached down when we reached up to him he reached down to us we got a little hand but he's got a big hand and he lifted me Let's sing that song he lifted me and he did but listen folks we are not worthy because of what we do we are worthy because of what he has done for us and he loves us with an unconditional love you got to be careful you got to be careful magnifying your guiltiness. I, I, I'll be honest with you. I think sometimes we we listen to God a little bit and we listen to the old liar a whole lot. You know what he's called in the book of Revelation? The devil's called uh, the, the false accuser, right? He's called the false accuser. And my friend, it's his job is to make you miserable if you love the Lord. That's his job. That's his assignment from hell to make you. You think some of you, some of you would be okay if you did not sin way back there when you was a teenager. If you just wouldn't have done that old bad sin back there when you were a teenager, your life would be good now, and you'd just go forward and you'd move on and you'd be so excited. If you if you hadn't done that sin about five years ago, oh, you! My goodness, friend, have you ever got that sin under the blood? It's under the blood, folks. We don't need to magnify our sinfulness. It's magnified enough. I'll, I'll be honest with you. You get, you get the you get the talking to the Lord, you get to pray. and I think the old liar, the old accuser, comes into one ear and says, "What about this? What about that? What about this? What about that?" You know what we need to say when? The, what about this? What about when, What about that? What about that cross where Jesus died? Let me his. Blood, his grace is greater than what? Our sin. Be careful not to magnify your sin. You, th- you say, Preacher, I've done some terrible things wrong. Hey, we all have. Guess who'd done it first? Adam and Eve. I said, Preacher, that wasn't terrible. Oh, yes, it was. It was disobedience to God. You didn't pray one day this week. That was that was terrible. Can you follow me? It was terrible. But think about it. It's all terrible. But thank God it's under the blood. We don't live by measuring our goodness and, and our acceptance. We have been accepted in the beloved. We're partakers with the saints of God, verse 12. We've been made partakers with the inheritance of the saints in light. Hey, we got a bunch of people over in heaven waiting for us to get there. Guess what? They're all cheering for us. Man, I went to that ball game this week, Friday night, I was a game. It got so loud, cheering for our team. But boy, I got to thinking about the hosts that are over in heaven, and they're cheering for us. They're looking forward to us. And one of these days, we're going to be there with them. Amen. Amen? But guess what? When is our victory? It's already. It's already. When we came out of darkness and received the light of Christ's gospel, we were made victorious in the Lord Jesus Christ. See how's it happen, preacher? Well, let me just make it clear this way: It's not by works of righteousness which we have done, but it's according to His mercy and His grace. And I'm gonna tell you something: Don't try to get into a a bragging. Thing that I've done this and I've done that. That's, it's not all about that. There's nothing about that. It's about bragging on Jesus. So, he's made us fit. You walk into the room, it's like it's your birthday. Yes, you belong to Christ and he, he loves you. He's accepted you. I think some of these days, some of us think this way, that when we die, the Lord's going to have a big old ball bat up there waiting just to conquer us over the head and say, you miserable runt to you, you ain't no good for nothing. My goodness, friend, if Jesus died for you on the cross, he died for you, and if you've accepted him as your Savior, he's going to put his arms around you and hug you, and he's going to give you that kiss of acceptance. Let's get that rotten thinking out of our mind. You say, well, preacher, you can't imagine I did this, and I thought this, and I want to do that. We've all thought that, and we've all wanted to do this. And the only reason we haven't done it has been the grace of God. And you're no worse than anybody else, and you're no better than anybody else. We're all sinners saved by the grace of God. Let's get on level ground, amen? It's level, that Calvary. All right, so Titus tells us, chapter 3, Titus chapter 3, verse 5, Not by works of righteousness which we have done, Hope you have done some good things, but not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us by the washing of regeneration, by renewing of the Holy Ghost, which He shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that being justified by grace, we should be made heirs unto the hope of eternal life. What did you ever do? You only, only done one thing. You look to Jesus. That's the only thing that matters. You look by faith and received Him. The rest of it's a work of God. Every bit of it. Now the second thing. God has delivered us from darkness. Look at verse 13. Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness, and that translated us unto the kingdom of His dear Son. So there's two things there. He delivered us... From the power of darkness, 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 darkness. It's really darkness is the state of unbelief. Uh, you, we think of darkness. We think of the power of darkness. We think about the evil forces that enslave people. We we think of we think of the bondage of sin. We think about the lust of sin. We we think about the self involvement of sin. We think about drugs and we think about alcohol. We think about immorality. We think about selfishness. All of those things are are in darkness. But you know, the key to staying in darkness is unbelief. The unpardonable sin is to say no to the Spirit's call to come to Jesus. But friend, through the Lord Jesus Christ, we've been delivered from the power of darkness. You know... You know, when, when you're saved, a few of those things cling to you like leeches and they don't want to let go. They they cling to you and they're blood suckers, right? And they hinder you and, and they hurt you. But friend, if you'll keep walking in the Word, if you'll keep walking with Jesus, you'll walk out of all the darkness. Satan had a hold of all of us at one time. If you're unsaved, he's got you now i tell you, the hardest pers- person to get to Christ is the good people. You know what we mean by good people. There's none righteous. No, not one. But when a person can say that they are a good citizen and all this, religion in man is the enemy of salvation. When a person can feel good about themselves, uh, they don't see their need for the Savior sometimes. But, friend, if they'll take a close look at themselves, they'll see that they fall short of the glory of God. But Jesus, He's delivered us from the power of darkness. When we believed, the transformation started, and it will continue until we're in the presence of the Lord. Romans 8:29, right there backs that up. Now, I'll tell you what: if you're struggling with some of the uh, the leeches of the past, if you're struggling with them, let me give you Romans. I mean, John 8:36. 32 and 36, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. This book is truth. Yeah, and he said, and if the sons therefore shall make you free, you shall be free, what? Indeed. Indeed. Listen, we our generations, our, our youngest generations are, are not taught much about the Scripture. And when you go to the uh, many churches today, you don't hear from this book. You hear somebody's, Beautiful story. Nothing wrong with a beautiful story, but you better have some Bible context to go with it and give me some of the life-changing words of God. For the Word of God is quick, it's powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing asunder the soul and spirit and the joint and marrow, and it is a discerner of the thoughts And the intents of the heart. I tell you what, that book is a two edged sword that is like a scalpel that will do surgery on your soul and make you into what Christ wants you to be, as it does me too. My goodness, I'm so glad I'm saved. Look where you are. You're seated with the saints of God. And I'm not talking about the people around you as much as I'm talking about all of them that's already in heaven. We've been made worthy by the Lord Jesus Christ. And then he said he delivered us from the power of darkness, which is unbelief. And we've been redeemed. We've been forgiven. He set me free, Lord. He, let, he set me free. Amen? Amen? We were servants and slaves to the devil, but now we've been redeemed. Redeemed. When they used to have the, the slave time, which has been forever in this world, Someone would go to the slave block and they would pay a ransom for a slave and they'd take them home or set them free. Jesus did that for us. When you believed on him, he set you free from your old master, the devil, and you're free indeed. And he paid the price for it. He paid a price at Calvary. He gave His life on that cross. He died for our sins on that cross. And then He said, it is finished. What does it mean? Testeliesti. It is finished. The Word paid in full. Some people think Jesus made the down payment on their salvation. You've got to keep the installments. Boy, and you can lose that place like that. Jesus paid it in full full, full payment. Amen. Hey, don't let the devil lie to you. Don't let him lie to you. The blood of Jesus is stronger than any sin you've ever committed, and the blood of Jesus washes that sin away. Walk with Him. Live for Him. We've been set free by the blood of Jesus, and if you're not experiencing that, get into the Word of God, and it'll give you the rest of it. Now, the third thing he said here, he said in the last part of verse 13, and translated us, translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Well, okay. So you're nothing and you're nobody. But in reality, you're in the kingdom of the Son of God. You're in the kingdom. You've been translated You've been transferred into the kingdom of God's dear Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Hey, we need to to rejoice in the translation. We've been changed. You may not see it like you want to see it, but maybe it's because you're not believing it like you need to believe it. We've been translated gloriously. A when you put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, He put Himself into you, and you have Christ in you, the hope of glory. Amen. Now, we're walking in a world where we really don't belong. We have a world where we really do belong over in glory land. Amen? But we've been translated. And we're here as pilgrims in this world. And the Bible says of us that we're ambassadors for Christ. That's Second Corinthians five twenty. We ambassadors, and where we go, we represent the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, let's say you was a representative ambassador of the United States over in some foreign country. Let's say you got hired today. They say you're going to go to work. First of July. You're gonna, we're going we're, we're, we're to send you to Britain. We're going to take you an easy one. We're going to send you to Britain. They speak English, right? Uh, you, all right, Phil, you're going to be our guy. You're going to be the new ambassador uh, to, to London, to England from the United States. What are you going to do tomorrow, Phil? Oh, I got plenty of time. I ain't got to worry about nothing. I'm in good shape. What are you going to do when you get over here? I don't know. I'm just going to sit around, hang around, hang out. No, he's not going to do that. I guarantee you he'll be doing more studying next week he ever done in his life about England. I'm sure he'll be studying more about the United States than he ever studied about in his life. He's going to try to get prepared so he can be an ambassador for the United States of America. Right? If I'm going over there, I'm going to go to Washington, D.C. I'm going to say, y'all need to front me some money here. We've got to go to Washington, D.C. I'm going to go through the Smithsonian. I'm going to go through this. I'm going to go through that. And then I'm going to get out of Washington as soon as I can because Brother Dale told me there ain't no intelligence up there. That's what Brother Dale told me. He said that's why that balloon didn't fly over it then I, I, may just, I may just go to different places in the United States because I want to familiarize myself with what I'm supposed to be representing when I get over there to England. Man, we're ambassadors for the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to be studying a little bit, don't you think? We need to be looking around a little bit. Don't, don't you think we need to be a better student of His Word, student of what's going on around us? Hey, we're ambassadors. Someone... That doesn't know Christ needs to be able to come to us. We need to be able to go to them, and we need to be able to tell the story of what He's done and who He is, and what He wants, and what He'll do for you. You are an ambassador for Christ, and you know these things I've shared with you today. There's three of them right here. They're pretty, pretty simple, pretty simple, but important. One, we're worthy i 'm an ambassador but I don't feel worthy I need to feel worthy I need to I need to end, I, need, I need to know I'm worthy I need to have that truth don't I? Some some of us have been beaten up, chewed up and spit out. come on say oh, me it's the truth let's be honest we've been beat up in life and we've we've allowed life to beat us up I, we need to realize how good we have it in Christ what we have in the Lord Jesus. He has made us fit, qualified, what's the other word there, Uh, Meet, measured up. We need to quit magnifying our inadequacy and magnify His adequacy. As a Christian, it's not about us, it's about Him. Why did God not call the wise... Why did not no, by the way he didn't say he didn't say any he said many right he said in 1 Corinthians 1, 28, 29 he said that God did not call many of the wise God did not call many of the mighty God called many of people just like me and you weak foolish dumb right that's me I'm not going to England to talk about me. I'm going to talk about him. What he has done. What he can do. What he's going to do. Hey, we've been made fit. We've been made worse. Quit letting the devil tell you not. He's delivered us from darkness. We're in the light. Let's walk in the light as he is in the light. Let the blood of Jesus Christ cleanse us of all sin. Let's walk in the light. And then thirdly, remember he's translated us into the kingdom of his dear son, the Lord Jesus. He's our big brother. We belong to him. We're in. We're in. Now, how's it happen? Look at verse 14. In whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sin. Don't let anybody lie to you. They're just not telling you the truth, that they don't tell you the most important issue in their life is the sin issue. It really is the sin issue. It's either controlling your life in the future or it may be controlling your life of the past. It's hindering you. When you come to the Lord Jesus Christ, do not forget that the blood of Jesus Christ, I'm i i, I found, I'm being so redundant with this, has washed away your sins. We just need to carry that home with us and carry that tomorrow with us. And listen, we need a continual washing of the blood. We think bad things. We do bad things. (laughs) The Bible says if if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just. Forgive us our sins and the cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Don't forget those promises. Jesus redeemed us. Like a slave, we were redeemed. We were bought with the precious blood of Christ. We've been forgiven. We are now kings and priests unto the Lord. We are a child of the kings. You say, Preacher, they got a record on me up at the courthouse. I've done this and I've done that. Hey, that record, as far as heaven goes, has been washed. Amen. Don't live in light of it. Live in light of that. Amen. You got the truth? It's all because of Jesus that we have it. All because of Jesus. Now, folks, what do we need to do? We need to love Jesus, and we need to be thankful We need to walk every day. Write it in your book. Hey, I'm not a big tattoo guy. Tattoo it on your arm. Love Jesus and be thankful. Nobody's going to do that. I dare you. Love Jesus, be thankful. Why? Because of what he's done for us. I read this story about Edward Spencer. I'm going to close with this story. Uh, He was studying to go into being a preacher. A boat capsized in Lake Michigan. This is true, it really happened. People were drowning. He swam from bank back and forth to that sinking ship and rescued 17 people. That's a hero, right? Because of the cold, his body was permanently damaged. had to live, and he lived a short life after that, because of rescuing those 17 people that were drowning in that cold, cold, zero weather that they were in. Later on, someone asked him, man, you did a great thing there. I said, I'm sure those people appreciated what you've done. And the guy said, how many of those people have come back to you and thanked you for rescuing them? You know what the sad truth is? He said zero. Zero. Folks, I'm going to tell you, get this if you don't get anything else. We need to be thankful. I need to be thankful to you. I can see you out there, and I know God has used you. If you've been in my life more than a, a week or so, God has used you already somehow. I need to be thankful for you. I need to be thankful. I, I I call my old pastor. I call my pastor. I call him every now and then. I just say, "Hey, pastor, I want to thank you for all the preaching and all the, the putting up with me that you did, and all all that stuff. And that you still pray for me. Thankful for your parents. Thankful. Let me tell you someone to be thankful. You may forget. Thank. Who led you to Christ? Who led you to Jesus? Be thankful for them. Thank them. Don't just be, thank them. Go to them. Encourage them. Thank them. Vital for your health. Listen, if you go to thanking people like you should, your mom, your dad, your brother, whoever, you'll get your, your, your thoughts off of yourself. And you'll be surprised how much healthier you'll be if you quit thinking about yourself. The most miserable people in the world are people that are hung up on self. Get it out of your way. Romans 12, 1 and 2. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, you present your body a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you might prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You got to get your mind off yourself. That's a living sacrifice. He talked about. Man, get it off of you. You kids, you young people, you young people that got Facebook. I don't have Facebook. There's a reason I don't have Facebook. I miss some things on Facebook. I don't want selfies and self stuff and and and, and wishing me happy birthday and and I look on there and and my preacher down the road he has a wonderful day today and everything's going great and I'm saying I'm more miserable than I was because look how good he's got. Get off of that junk. Get off yourself is what I'm saying. Get off yourself. Be thankful. And then, what are you, you going to that prayer? Be thankful to Him. Amen. To Him. And No matter how bad you got it, without Him, where would you be? Let's bow our heads. Let's bow our heads. Quietly stand. Our musicians come. You need to come to the altar today. It's open. You're welcome. You're invited to come. You're encouraged to come. God has been so good to us. God is so good to us. Let's be thankful. As our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, let's just let y'all play a minute. If you need to come this altar today. You come on. Maybe you need to lay self on that altar again today. Won't you lay self on that altar? Quit thinking about you so much. You don't have it the way you want it. Lay self on that altar. Be thankful to Him. He's translated us. He's made us fit for heaven. We can't make ourselves fit. He's the one that makes us fit. Amen. Thank Him. Praise Him. Glorify Him. He's delivered us from darkness, unbelief. And that unbelief is what's haunting you now. Let it go. Let's sing it out now. Let's all sing that out. Just as as I am, without one plea. My blood was shed for me. You need to come. You need to come. You come. You come now. One more verse, just one more verse.